You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow! Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if he told it. Mm-hmm. Hello? Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What's up? What is up? This is the movie show. On your favorite ORSPS. Yes, your favorite ORSPS. If you don't know what that is, it's online podcasting service. No, I messed it up. Damn it. You're normally the one that misses it. <laughs> online radio station podcasting service. And there we go. I felt so go. confident when I said it. I don't know why the words just like appeared big in my head. O-R-S-P-S. I was just like, I can do it. I'm just like. O-R-S-P-S. Yes. Yeah. So we are back with another film review. And interestingly enough, we are not the only ones to be talking about this scenario this film and this is not an old podcast nope it's this a is recent a 2021 one. active fm original mm-hmm. from the march month april from the april <laughs> <laughs> how about we in april we are in april Damn. i told you that last week right i told you that last ryan was not listening last so week you don't say that <laughs> okay let's go <laughs> so catch me if so you can. catch me if you can this is a film actually based on a true story and the Decoding the Crime Verse show on Active FM actually also did a show on, on the actual guy. So we're obviously now looking at the film, uh, telling you trivia and everything about the film. If you want to find out more about the actual person and what actually happened, you can go listen to Decoding the Crime Verse. But this is a 2002 Steven Spielberg film. Yes, it is Steven Spielberg. We like him. Mm-hmm. And it has Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It has Tom Hanks in it. It has Christopher Walken in it. It has Amy Adams in it. It has Martin Sheen in it. It has Jennifer Garner in it. Yep, it's just, this is a film you want to watch. It even has <laughs> Natalie Bay. <laughs> I don't know yeah. who she is, but she's in it. <laughs> she's in it too. And the actual guy himself, so Frank Abagnale. Yes, that is the guy that the whole film is about. He is also in the movie. Did you know that, Ryan? Okay. Whoa. That is cool. That is cool. I didn't know that. Yep, he's in. He's there conning us all. So this film is based on Frank Abagnale, who was a con artist, the youngest con artist. I think by the age of 18, he had a fake pilot's license. He was a lawyer. He was a doctor. He was he was crazy. This guy was was just crazy. But before we get to the facts, the budget for the film was 52 million US dollars, and this is a 2002 film, so that is quite a substantial budget. The box office. Crazy. They made 352.1 million US dollars. They did well. They did very, very well. In the years of box office and, you know, releasing movies in cinemas. You need to well. understand. <laughs> You've got a professional director here. And you know what's shocking about that? It's, you know how normally when a film is in, is in production for a long time and when it goes from this director to this director to this director, generally we, we find that it, it affects the film in a negative way. Do you know that this film 
it took them 22 years to turn it into a movie. So it, it, was, it was written, the book was written by the real Frank Abagnale. He published his memoirs and it was co-written by Stan Redding in 1980. And then he sold the film rights that same year in 1980. And it took them 22 years to make the film. And it did change directors. It did change, like the, the, the cast changed, but yet it's, it still did well. So... I suppose Steven Spielberg knows what he's doing. Wow. Right. So that is crazy. Now, the real Frank Abagnale Jr. I'm looking at him right now. In the film. If you've watched the film, he is the French officer that arrests Frank on Christmas Eve 1969. That is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I want to go watch just that scene again I'm just to go see watch him. It again. Right. So that is the actual uh, Frank Abagnale Jr. The, the, the whole movie is about him. Leonardo DiCaprio plays the character Frank Abagnale Jr. And he then arrests himself in the film, basically. So Frank William Abagnale Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're talking about Jr., right? American security consultant known yes. for his career as a con man. <laughs> Check forge and imposter when he was 15 to 21 years old. Can you believe it? 15 to 21 years old. He is now 72 years old. Sure. If everybody wants to know, he lives in Bronxville. Yes, so that's the place you want to go. <laughs> Everyone off to New Jersey in the USA. To go visit Frank Abagnale Jr. That's it. Yes. Now, the movie is obviously based on his life, but there are certain fictional facts within the movie that didn't actually happen. One of them being the film shows that he was on the FBI's most wanted list. However, in real life, he never made it to the list because it is reserved for violent criminals and he was not a violent criminal. So, so he was probably sitting there saying, yeah, pff, I wish. <laughs> I'm not that violent. Why are you? Why? Yeah. And then also the actual Frank Abagnale was, he was actually reluctant about Leonardo DiCaprio playing him. He didn't think that he'd be able to, to pull it across. He, he was concerned or he, he wasn't really that keen on on Leonardo DiCaprio playing him. He didn't feel that Leonardo DiCaprio was charming enough or confident and elegant enough to play him. I think Leonardo DiCaprio did a very good job. Leonardo DiCaprio will always do a good job. True. Really yeah. is. You know, it's funny. I used to think of him as, you know, the the the, 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 the girly boy. <laughs> the, you know, the handsome guy. Right. The, the, the pretty boy. The, the pretty boy. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. Jack. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you jump, I jump. <laughs> and then I started seeing more of his movies and I was just like, wait, this dude has got some serious talent. He's yeah. really, really good. He's brilliant. Would you classify him as a like a method actor type of... I, I suppose he has really gone to extremes. Although he did sort of with this. So I don't know if he's a method actor, but he definitely puts a lot of preparation into his role. So Di- uh, DiCaprio actually met the real Frank before they started filming. Steven Spielberg didn't think he should, but he actually told an interviewer that so Spielberg thought maybe it wouldn't be a good idea for him to meet the real Frank Abagnale, but DiCaprio contacted him anyway and somewhat secretly spent a few days following him around with a tape recorder. So for me, that is like half what? method acting. Yeah, but... He actually did that. He went to the real Frank Abagnale and followed him around with a tape recorder. So that means what Leonardo DiCaprio would have done is he would have used words that he uses. He would have said uh, specific words or the way that he would have constructed his sentences. Mm -hmm. So 
I definitely want to go watch this film again. Right. That was so cool. Mm. No, this film was a very, from everything, the storyline was brilliant. The way it was, the way the story was told was brilliant because they give you, so they tell you what happened in the beginning and then they kind of like unfold all the events and then by the end of the film, you kind of know what's, what happened, but it's very good. And I honestly didn't expect it to be a true life story until the end came when, when it said Frank Abagnale Jr. is now, it's like, oh my gosh, this actually happened, which was which was pretty cool. However, like I said, not everything in the film was true. So some FBI agents did occasionally chase Abignal, but he didn't have a relationship with any of them. Whereas in the film, Tom Hanks is an FBI agent who has a relationship with Abignal. And he certainly didn't call them every Christmas, which did happen in the film. As Abignal himself points out with flawless logic, why would I do that? I didn't want the FBI to know where I was. <laughs> Makes sense. So that, that, that was just fictional. Yes. And then the start of the film, the, the start of the film was actually quite weird. It's creative, but it was weird. So there was a, like a TV program, like these game shows called To Tell the Truth, and it opens the movie up. Now, the reason they put that in was because it was based on an actual episode of To Tell the Truth, which was a game show, where Frank was the guest and not a single panelist correctly guessed that he was the real Frank Abignal Jr. This episode of To Tell the Truth can be viewed on YouTube. So this guy is a con man for real. He even conned people into believing that he wasn't himself. Oh, wow. On a game show. And it's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I guess that explains the beginning, the opening yes. part. Yes. Because mm. I thought it was a very good opening. It catches your attention immediately. It kind of like sets the scene. It's very different. It's very different and creative. But actually, it's based on true life events as well. So that's, that's clever of them to have done. Yeah. And then Leonardo DiCaprio was an I, I, um, ironic choice for the lead because Frank Abagnale was known to have resembled an adult at a young age. That's why he was able at the age of 15 to do what he, to get what he got right, right. Because, you know, you're not going to let a 15-year-old onto a plane to, as a pilot, but he obviously looked, he didn't look 15. But now with Leonardo DiCaprio in Hollywood, he's known for his very young appearance despite his age. So it's, it's like he wasn't the, the first choice just simply on that fact because everyone, like you just said it, he's got the, the baby face, the pretty features, but he's still, he, and I think he, he did it well. He, he did do it well. He came across, he didn't come across young. For me, he didn't come across young in the film. I, I sort of got the sense that he was young, especially when he was like in the pilot's clothing. Yeah. Like he, he had that. Yeah, that baby face thing, whatever going on. I mean, he didn't have any facial hair. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I got that yeah. in the film. I definitely got that. Yeah. And then, this is crazy. They shot in more than 140 locations in just 52 days. That means two locations a day. How crazy is that? That's definitely uh, a, you know, two different. Yeah, uh, a, a unit and B unit. Th yeah, two different setups happening at the same time. But they, they, they were they were on the roll, man. They fifty two days, hundred and forty locations. That is crazy. That is that is really crazy. How, how do you even have time to travel? That, I don't know. It's a good point. Does that mean they slept in the airplane? Okay, look, it doesn't necessarily mean that they traveled far distances. Yeah. But they were moving to different locations and location filming isn't um 
They must have had like one location set up and another one also set up. So, so it's just literally just across. and then it's not okay, guys. We still need to set up the lights and the camera. No, it was literally just get there, get out, action, cut, let's go, move it, move it, move it. People had a tight budget. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty crazy. Now, in towards the end of the film, there's a blackboard that the character Cole um, Hanratty, who is Tom Hanks's character, he's writing on a small. Um, a blackboard, and it contains a note at the bottom which says Stephen and Tom's fourth project, obviously referring to Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks, and they had previously collaborated on Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, and Joe versus the Volcano. But I just thought that was so cool that they actually wrote that on the blackboard, so they had uh, Stephen and Tom's fourth project. It's a... Uh it's, it's a hidden yeah. uh, a trivia. Thing. Yeah, yes. thing right there. And then get this, Ryan. All the roads and concrete surfaces, surfaces, not surfaces, surfaces are wet in every shot, even though all scenes take place in sunny weather. Reason being, many cinematographers simply prefer the look of wet roads. It's true because it's darker. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So all the roads are wet. When we film. Well, with the word. Bring a host pipe, please. <laughs> or lots of bottles of water. Never thought about that. Right. So the story of Frank Abagnale Jr., Jr.'s exploits, had one of the longest and most difficult journeys from its first pitch to its eventual production. In 1981, it was originally announced that this story would be filmed and that Frank would be played by Dustin Hoffman. So as you can see, the different main characters yeah. that it went through. Plus, on top of that, do you know that Steven Spielberg's original choice for the role Frank Abagnale Jr. was Johnny Depp? Could work. It could have worked. That could work. Yeah. Um, charming, yes, but a different side of charming. Yeah. It's that, like, I don't trust you, charming. Yeah. Yeah. Like what we saw in Public Enemies almost. But if I look at, if I look at Frank, if I look at the original Frank... Uh, he doesn't look um, mischief, yeah. mischievous. Yeah. He looks like someone nice, like I can trust. Which so Leonardo probably bought across more than Johnny it. Depp would have. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it's, it's that kind of, hmm, what could go wrong? You know? Yeah. He says he's a doctor. I trust him. He looks like a uh, doctor. <laughs> he must be a doctor. <laughs> and then in his biography, Abignal says that he wanted to lay down a baby con. So what he would do was he, he, in the film it shows that his dad was a hustler as well. So he kind of like picked up from his dad. That actually wasn't the case though. The real Frank Sr. was not only a straight shooter, but also one of Frank Jr.'s first victims. Since the kid started his criminal life with yeah. petty scams involving his dad's credit card, he once racked up thousands on a spending spree before his dad got the bill. So that was fictional as well. His dad actually wasn't a conman, which they, they, they made it look like that in the film, that he was, he was just actually one of his victims. And Steven Spielberg was initially reluctant to approach Tom Hanks about taking the part of Carl, assuming that he wouldn't be interested in playing a supporting part at this stage in his career. However, Hanks put him straight by saying that a good part was a good part no matter the size. Go, Tom Hanks! Sounds like something... Because <laughs> Tom Hanks is, is very old-fashioned. Yeah. And that sounds like something like Tom, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks would say, yeah. Yeah. This is crazy. According to costume designer Mary Zoffers, 
There was about 130 day players. A day player is a bit part actor. So like extras basically. 130 like every day. And there were 3,000 to 4,000 background extras employed. That is crazy. 3,000 to 4,000 background extras employed. And Leonardo DiCaprio had 100 costume changes throughout the film. That's crazy. How do you like beforehand plan how many people you? Because it's not like you can get there and be like, "Hmm, we're gonna need extras." Uh, get about a hundred and thirty, and then they just make some phone calls. And then yeah. When they arrived there, you knew where are my hundred and thirty extras? Okay, yeah. cool. Bring them. You know what I mean? That that's a lot of good planning. And, and then of. you have to dress all of them. Oh my word! I yes. feel sorry for costume designers and departments for films. That is. That is pretty cool. That is hectic. Can I just comment on his father? It says here, which is something that they didn't really bring in, uh, bring through in the film. Yeah. His father uh, was an Italian American. Mm-hmm. Now, if you guys, the minute I say Italian American, you know, it's one of those guys. Yeah, I'm walking here. It's one of those, <laughs> those kind of. I, I didn't really get that in the. Yeah. In 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 you know in the film you know a lot. So they shame the father was really ripped off. Eh? <laughs> like yeah, they made the. Although you did like the father in the film. I liked yeah. his, yeah. yeah. But I liked how they brought, so like even the reason why Frank Abagnale did the cons, obviously it wasn't, I don't know if this was the reason in, in real life, but in the film it was because his mother left his father and the reason his mother left his father was because the father wasn't able to provide the lifestyle or like luxurious lifestyle that she wanted. So yeah. his aim was basically to become rich so that he could so that his dad could show off and then his mom would come back. Buy back his family. Yeah. According to Box Office Mojo, Catch Me If You Can is the sixth highest grossing film for DreamWorks Studios. The film, the films above it being Shrek 2, Shrek 1, Saving Private Ryan, Madagascar and Gladiator. So those, and, sure. then, and then it's Catch Me If You Can. Which is weird because I've watched all of those films except for Catch Me If You Can. Obviously now I've watched Catch Me If You Can. But it's odd that, like, I hadn't seen it earlier, if you understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. And then, this is so funny. So, Mrs. Abignale's house. So, you know, after she gets remarried, she goes to live in that fancy house. That house was the same house used in Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Part 2. So that is the house of Steve, Steve Martin and all that. It's that house. Yeah, I thought I recognized it somewhere. <laughs> and then last fact. It, this film, or Catch Me If You Can, became a musical. It wasn't terribly popular, though. <laughs> so Catch Me If You Can was subsequently adapted into a stage musical with songs by the Hairspray team of Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman. After a Seattle tryout, it opened on Broadway in the spring of 2011 and closed 170 performances later. You're like, oh, that's good. Mm -mm. A far cry from Hairspray, which ran for 2,642 performances. So it didn't do as well as Hairspray. It wasn't even close to doing as well as Hairspray. 170 performances is a lot, but 2,642 performances is crazy. Catch Me If You Can sure. did win one Tony Award, though, for No, uh, no Birds Lee Buds, Butts as Carl Hanratty, and it went on to have a successful national tour. So Catch Me If You Can was a musical. All to all those <laughs> musical lovers out there, you can go. I'm thinking about those 150 performances. Like 70. 170 performances. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Crazy, right? Can you imagine doing 170? I mean, never mind the... 2,642. Never mind the preparation. Never mind yeah. the, you know, before rehearsals and all the script. And but the I suppose the... Once you've done the first performance, then it's just repetition from there. Do you understand what I'm saying? What if I'm nervous? I have to be nervous 170 times. Why do you have to be nervous 170 times? Because you don't like acting. What if I why are you acting lights? then? Oh, then why are you acting? We fire you, right? You're fired. Can, go. Can I go in production? <laughs> yes, you may. I won't be nervous then. <laughs> so that was the film, Catch Me If You Can. It is an old film, 2002, but it is a very good film. It really, really... It's Steven Spielberg, people. Steven Spielberg always delivers. Yes. We, we can trust him. Yes. I definitely enjoyed the film. No, it was very good. I, I watched it, I think, plainly because of um, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, after watching Inception. For real? Yeah. I, then I was just like, uh, what else? Because, like I said, I picked up that Leonardo DiCaprio is a brilliant actor. Yeah. So I want to see all the other films that he does. Catch me, if, catch me if you can. Sounds like another good film. So let's see. What about the... Uh, yeah, we should watch another film with um, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, if our if our next reviews all have Leonardo DiCaprio in them, you know why. There was a movie I was gonna mention now, but I know that we've mentioned that hey, this movie. Yes, the language is very bad, so maybe not that one. Yeah, that's is that the the Wolf the Wolf of, of Wall, Wall Street? Street. Yes. yes, yeah, no, that movie has like awards or not awards, it records. It set records of the amount of swear words set yeah. in one paragraph, <laughs> one sentence, is one. It's worse actor. than the gentleman because the gentleman was. It's bad. worse. It's worse than the oh, gentleman. Like I thought that was bad. No, it's definitely worse. I'm going to create, especially the use of the f word. I know that one was. Yeah, that's what makes it worse. Yeah, I'm going to create an application where you can like like handbrake. You, you know the please do right. And then you can like source, and then you can say filter, and then Spirits. every word it bleeps out. Yes, yes. I agree, Ryan. We are going to develop that one. Yes. Or script writers could just stop writing swear words into their scripts. That's another thing. You see? Then we wouldn't even have to go and create that, that, that app. That application. Right. But anyway, this was a good movie. Go watch it if you have not. And you will catch us, if you can, next week. Same time, same place. Don't worry, we're not con artists. We'll be here. <laughs> Imagine they come back and they're like, they conned us. No, don't worry. We won't con you. We will be back with another good film for you to listen about, listen to. You listen to the film first from us and then you watch it afterwards. Well, yes. the problem that we have here is that everyone believes the words that we say. Mm -hmm. Unless you know better. So Why is that a problem? So, I could easily say, guys... Uh, catch us next week on th on on Thursday at eleven mm -hmm. o'clock. Our show won't be on Friday, uh, just due to some coronavirus um, <laughs> epidemic. Um, that's hectic stuff. That's you know going down. Uh, the president has closed down all radio broadcasts <laughs> in Johannesburg, in Dodge Street. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting very specific. Here. Yeah, you so are. I'm I like, won't uh, tell you what now. <laughs> yes. So catch us next week Thursday, and next week Thursday you'll be there at eleven o'clock, and there won't be another show. But that was if we were con artists, right? But we're not. I'm exactly. at least not. I don't know if Ryan is. Don't worry, people. I will be here. Ryan might con us, but I will not. So uh, catch us next week, <laughs> Friday, same time, same website, same button. Thursday, right? Same faces. You're lying to the people. You're calling them. You see? 
Can you see how easy it is? Yes. Catch we'll, us next week, same time. Yes, yeah, same time. Same people. Same radio station. These people are like, I'm so confused. <laughs> is he lying? <laughs> well, that's one way to end off a movie about a con artist. Well, now, you, right. now you guys know what's going on in my brain. I'm like, wait, was that? Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's end on that note. Yeah, let's just guys. Let's just nothing's changed. Catch us next week. I'm <laughs> yeah, confirming so this that. Is, this is us signing out. I'm saying it again. Before Ryan does anything extra, nothing has changed <laughs> except the week. <laughs> next week and the movie. Same time, we'll be talking about a movie. Uh-huh. Same people. Uh-huh. Cheers. Goodbye. Like what you're listening to? Follow us on Gap and Twitter at ActiveFM, Instagram at ActiveFM777, and Facebook at forward slash ActiveFM.